0: Don't think about the situation that you're in or take a moment and think about all that has helped you get to where you are today. And because a lot of time, and this is why they're doing this exercise, like, you know, what I talked to you about, like how the experience in working in different industries really got me, it got me to, to that pivotal moment in tech when I was, I didn't necessarily thought about it until some times ago, but I was like, wow, I do have diverse experience and I do that made me who I am today and it got me to get to where I am today. So for me to say that I don't deserve this or I can't do this or that I have a self-doubt, it's not, that's not right. It's not fair to myself. So I think that's where I feel like I always tell people it's just to take a minute, take a moment and pull yourself out of the equation and think about what has helped you come to the point that you are today. And that's going to make you realize that you have it in you. It's just sometimes you have to push yourself little bit harder to get to the next next step or next stage
1: hey everyone welcome back to another episode of beyond the job title podcast i'm your host cesar romero and this is the show where we explore the human experiences that shape our professional and personal lives and my guest for today's episode is ashna patel ashna is a customer success leader founder, writer, speaker, coach, and over the last seven years, she's been focusing on being a team leader, creating strategies, optimizing processes, and she's been honored to be one of the top 25 customer success influencers of 2021 by Success Hacker and the Gain, Grow, Retain community. She's also co-founded CS Insider, CS Ladies, and the CS Raven Fan Book Club. And in this episode, We dive deeper into her customer success journey, what her mission is, who is Ashna as a person, as a professional, the challenges that came up when she moved from India to the United States when she was 14, her pivot to tech and customer success, navigating imposter syndrome, owning your mistakes, the power of mentorship, how to find mentors, the reward of paying it forward to other people and advice for those looking to pivot into customer success. So overall, it's a great episode, especially if you are someone that is looking to pivot into customer success or just looking for overall career advice on how to manage uh, pivots and imposter syndrome. And please, before diving into the episode, if you relate to her journey and if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes it means the world to me um and of course if you have any feedback uh get in contact with me via dms thanks so much for tuning in and here's my conversation with ashna patel ashna thanks so much for coming on the show i really appreciate you making the time to have this conversation and i wanted to start off if Someone were to ask you, right, when you're out and about, someone were to ask you, hey, Ashna, what are you all about? Like, what, who are you and, and what mission are you on? What, what would you tell this person?
0: Great question. Ashna is, I think it's all about just, I'm I'm someone that I don't like to keep things within me. I'm someone that is constantly learning and growing. And when I do that, I'm like, who do I tell? How, how can I share this? Because I don't want to keep it with me. So whether it's my team at work or people that I support and work with outside. So Ashna, is someone that has a growth mindset, but also has a mindset that it takes, it's almost like it takes a village to, to learn and grow. And it takes a village like you want to support each other. So that's what Ashna is. Ashna is all about helping people around her, growing, learning, having a growth mindset and helping scale people and businesses to that matter.
1: Have you always been this way or is there a specific point in your childhood or throughout your life that this was like, oh, it's all about helping people?
0: Again, I know that's a good question. I feel like as long as I can remember, I feel like I've always been this way. It was always someone, even if, if I think about my school days or I didn't think about my childhood days. So just a little bit more about me, just to kind of give you some context is I was born and brought up in India. And I moved here in states um, when I was, let's say, 14, 14 and a half, somewhere in between high schools. And I think just having, I feel like just having that exposure to a different culture altogether, it gave me a lot of, I think it, it helped me build the Ashna that I am today. It's still, I still have those values that I brought from when I was back in India, but to answer your question and how this helped is, I was always been one of those person. If I remember school days or whatever, is where this those person like I want to make friends with everyone. I was one of the person that in class I am probably best friends with everyone because it's kind of it's. I always try to think beyond just the situation, beyond what you're in, and in. you want to look at the human beyond whatever that you're in. And I think that's kind of as soon as I talk a lot about emotional intelligence and customer success and other things, that's just those are all, there's some values that have been embedded in me based on how I was. And that really helped me sculpt myself the way that I am and move into the couriers that I've, I've kind of built at this point. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was just one moment. It was just a lot of what I was and how I was. And then just getting exposure to a different culture, getting opportunities helped me kind of like structure myself, I would say, with those values.
1: What what was it like to to grow up in India, and, and what what were some of those values that you brought with you when you made the transition into the U.S.?
0: I still remember my day one or day one of of going to high school here. And keep in mind, I knew English. I could speak and read, and, and I guess I could write and read in English back in India. But I have never had a full on conversation with anyone. I was a straight A's, A person back in India. So it it also kind of like Coming in into different environment, people don't speak your language. You don't understand what they're saying. And you're just like, I'm a straight person. If I want to win, I'm going to have to challenge myself and be in it. And I think so. That's that really kind of helped me push myself harder and harder every day in a good way. And that really helped me just speaking the language that people speak here and just understanding everything. It, it's almost like it, it is different, two different worlds. I think almost like this was almost 15, 16 years ago. So even back then, it wasn't this like social media wasn't the Mm. way that it is today. And people like I'd say world wasn't so connected as it is today. And it was different. Not just not being able to just speak and understand. I think that was really different. But that's what really helped me is like my values of being with friends and helping people. I'm like, I wanted to do that. I wanted to. I know there's opportunities here. So I had to push myself to understand and challenge myself for that.
1: What prompted the move to the States and what was the most challenging part for you to adapt to to the new environment?
0: Yeah. What, what prompted the change was just like, it wasn't only me, my whole family uh, mm-hmm. came in. So it's just get getting more opportunity, more exposure. Like I, My parents never really had, we're moving and this is it. It's not like that. We're moving. We're going to get exposed to this other environment. You'll have more opportunities and we'll see if you ever want to go back in the future. I'm sure if you don't want, that's fine too. So it's it's more like giving more options and more opportunities. So that's that was kind of what prompted for the whole family. But to answer your second question, I think it's just going to a junior year of my high school, day one, getting into my, and my first class was English. Let me tell you that. And getting into that class, sitting on a bank, it was a small high school. So I think that really helped me because I got a real one-on-one attention from my teacher. But it's just sitting in there for like, a what was it, 40 minutes or 45 minutes? I don't re- remember. It's been a long time. But just sitting in there I'm, and I'm completely blanking because I'm like, I have no idea what they're saying or what they're talking about. I can't say anything. I, I just, maybe I can write or like, but it's it was just, I think that was the hardest part that, and a lot of the... Because I was such a, I want to say like a straight ace or like I had some kind of like I had some expectations for myself and I saw myself like in that moment, I remember just saw myself deflating and I'm like, OK, I'm going to be a failure. I'm not going to get C's or F's and I'm, I'm not going to like that's not me. And, and that's just all kind of So I think that was the hard part to kind of to it wasn't something that I was used to because I've always been such a person that I pushed hard to myself and I was just. And it felt like things just weren't in my control. And that was the hardest part to adapt. But it pushed me in the direction of challenging myself. If I have a situation, that means I also have solutions around me. So let's tap into those solutions. And if I want to make friends, if I want to talk to someone, if I want to, you know, or them to understand me, I'm going to have to speak their language. And for that, I'm going to have to learn their language. And for that, I'm going to have to do what it takes for me to learn. It took a lot of watching shows and listening to music and reading and writing and speaking and all that. But I think, but that was the hardest thing. I think it was just adapting. I think the language was the biggest barrier, I would say.
1: There's so many parallels, what you're mentioning with with the mindset of pushing through discomfort, pushing through the challenge, being uncomfortable the first day you don't know the language. And there's so many parallels with someone that might be transitioning into a new career, into a new job, into a new company. Mm-hmm. Right? They might not know the industry. You might feel uncomfortable. But that drive to continue pushing forward because you know that on the other side, it's what you've been looking for, right? What yeah. that opportunity?
0: Yeah. And I think it's also you get into a situation like this sometimes and you always in this, like you said, there's perils and, and you almost feel like you're alone. Or I am the one with this kind of situation. And believe me, 99.9% of the time, you're not alone. And I'm saying this because there's might be anomaly here there. The most of the time, you're not. And I felt like that too. I was in a small high school with no other people of my culture or my background or that could speak my language whatsoever. But then I realized there were other exchange students out there in the high school. And I was like, okay, they didn't speak the same language but they were going through similar struggles in a way. And so for me, then that gave me hope is I'm not alone. This is not, it may not be so normal, but it's also not the only unique thing that's happening. And I need to find my way out of it. And then that's something that I always, you know, when I even coach people and help people look at the break into CS, I'm transitioning from this industry to this industry. I'm like, you're going to feel like you're alone, but you're not. There's a whole lot of people <laughs> out there doing it. And it's and I think that's the benefit. And I think the benefit of living in a country or getting exposure to opportunities, it's more about experience and mindset that you bring to the table more than anything else. And especially customer success and to come back to customer success, it's, an, it's a field where you can really bring a diverse experience and transition into customer success because there's so many transferable skills into that. So I think that's what I would say for listeners is you're not alone. You're not.
1: yes, find your people when you look back at your career journey. Was there one decision or one pivotal moment that you made that had a profound impact on your personal and, and, and professional life? And how did that shape the, the trajectory? Of,
0: of... We were actually doing this exercise with some other people that I know. It's like, where did you start it and how did you end up where you are? So, and, and the thing about it, I had experience in retail in food in the manufacturing industries hospitality and then i came into tech so i think mm-hmm. the the pivot moment i would say was coming into tech and it wasn't something like um oh i'm ready for t- like I, I i meant for tech or whatever or I, I was meant for customer success specifically too or anything of that matter it was just i think the moment when and this was almost six seven years ago then i was Manufacturer I was working in a manufacturing firm and really helped me understand business in general. How each of the departments are connected to one another. How to even to make one order successful. How the internal teams in a business goes through everything and how each of those departments are connected. Starting from marketing to sales to post sales to just manufacturing industry and then logistics and other things. How it was all connected, and that made me realize of my passion about helping people can really come in place of post-sales. I wanted to to, to work with customers. I wanted to work with people to make their lives easier and and happier because that's what I was. And so it made me realize that if I wanted to take my passion and if I wanted to to put that passion into work that I do, that spoke post-sales. And so that's when I decided that I was ready to move on and I, I was looking to switch gears and into a different industry and tech kind of came about. It was like, hey, everybody, most people are going into tech and tech seems uh, pretty nice. And I also like to thank my husband for that because there was also the time he was, I met him at that time and he's a software uh, developer. Mm. So he was like, why don't you try tech industry? Because hes I was like, okay, maybe we'll end up speaking the same language of the house. Just it was a little internal joke. But I did. And I started with as being SDR, the company that I am today, with the goal that I, Yes, I w- I wanted to do post-sales at some point, but I knew and I excel- excelled every role that I got uh, right after that. So I think the pivotal moment is when I decided to move on to the tech industry. And then that just, it opened up lots of doors for me that I didn't even know that they were there almost six, seven years ago for me.
1: I love that you mentioned you know, looking at your past experiences and seeing Reflecting on why it resonated with you, and for you, it came up like the post sales, being with a customer, helping mm-hmm. the customer, and then okay, once you know that, like, h- how do you take that into tech or whatever industry you're you're looking to pivot? And it's so important because a, a, a lot of people sometimes struggle with: should I do sales? Should I do post sales? Should I do operations? Should I do this? Like, I'm like a Swiss Army knife, <laughs> and it's a struggle, right? Because sometimes it's hard for us to pinpoint. But if you look back your past experiences there's there's something that stands out right and we should pay attention to that because most likely that's where you're going to find your flow right that's where you're Mm going to find your impact now i'm curious like is sdr like the entry gateway to to tech do most people need to pay the price of you gotta be an sdr
0: (laughs) no i wouldn't necessarily say that i think things are different today than how it was um Mm -hmm. before For me, it was more like I had a choice when I applied for that role. I had a choice between customer success manager role and SDR Mm. role. I took that route because I had, I did not have experience in tech before that. I've had some sort of account management inside sales representative experience and I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but I wanted to give myself a chance and I wanted to give the company that I was going into a chance to. But I had my eyes on customer success. And I was vocal about that. And obviously I aced the role that I was in, I aced the SDR role that I was in. And so I think it's not about, I wouldn't necessarily say that's that's like the doorway or it can be, you know, I can tell you that being an SDR and getting exposure to those, some of those skill sets, like sales skill sets really helped me and in going forward in my career in being customer success, individual profession, and even in leadership and other things that I'm in right now. It does help, but I wouldn't necessarily say that's the only. I I remember there's, even in customer success, there's roles like junior customer success or customer success associates. Some companies are also doing internships of programs for that too. And it depends on what industry and what what excites you. But I'm also a big believer of like sales skills that can really also help you become a more efficient customer success individual. But you don't necessarily need to live through the role to, to achieve that. There's other ways to kind of work through that and get, gain those skill sets. But it really depends. It can be, or it, you can, there's other avenues today that weren't necessarily back in the day.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you about sales, right? It's, it's something that we all use, whether it's on you know, a personal level or, or professional, the ability to communicate how to solve a problem. Right. Uh, I think that will never go out of style.
0: <laughs> Especially for customer success, it's like for an individual to really understand how each of the functions work is, it's critical. It's not just sales, but like marketing. If you're new to customer success or if you're breaking into customer success or you're starting out to be a new customer success manager in your industry, spend time with not just your peers, but also your cross-functional peers. And and whether they sit in marketing, sales, finance, product, support, because you're gonna learn so many different things from all of them, and you're gonna real, realize how much, of you as a customer success person sit in the middle of it, and you're like, you can make an impact, that can associate with others, and others are making an impact every day, that can associate with you. So I think that is very, I mean, learning all those functions can always help you.
1: With every pivotal moment, there's always this moment of doubt of. Uh imposter syndrome right like we all experience this these feelings and i wanted to ask you what was your experience with this and if, if you have any advice on how to I, I don't think you overcome them completely but you you learn better to how to dance with the feelings of imposter and that that come up
0: yeah and you're so right i've been there many times i'm not even saying it was just a one-off thing is that it, and, and i'm sure i'm gonna go back to that area or stage again in the future. It's just, like you said, it's not something that you completely overcome, but it is also something that you can gradually kind of like almost teach and coach yourself to to be out of eventually. And imposter syndrome is one of those things. Sometimes our, our mind just seeks a lot of validation. Validation that is not enough to, to be given by our own self. and And we just tend to get into this more like a doubting phase. It's, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this, or this is, I, I, this is happening and I can't. But what I've always recommend people that faces, and because this is something I go through often and facing imposter syndrome, where you, you self-doubt, I would say, it's think, don't think about the situation that you're in or take a moment and think about all that has helped you get to where you are today. And because a lot of time and this is a lot, that's why they're doing this exercise, like you know, what I talked to you about, like how the experience in working in different industries really got me it got me to, to that pivotal moment in tech when I was. I didn't necessarily thought about it until some times ago. but I was like, wow, I do have diverse experience and I do that made me who I am today and it got me to get to where I am today. So for me to say that I don't deserve this or I can't do this or that I have a self-doubt, it's not that's not right. It's not fair to myself. So I think that's where I feel like I always tell people is just to take a minute, take a moment and pull yourself out of the equation and think about what has helped you come to the point that you are today. And that's going to make you realize that you have it in you. It's just sometimes you have to push yourself a little bit harder to get to the next next step or next stage. And don't think, I think this is also the you the diagnosis, you know, is we have the self-doubt because we always think about the situation that we're in as a whole, as a gigantic thing. So like another thing I always, I always say, break it down. What really helps you is break these things, break the situation down into tiny pieces. It's okay. I have this something in my hand. I'm going to go. I don't have this experience, but I've got this role and I've got immediately your imposter syndrome kicks in. Ah, I'm not good enough. This other person has this much of experience. All of that is going to kick in again practice number one, take yourself outside of it. Think about what all you've done to get to where you are today, how much you've pushed yourself, how much you've worked hard. And then second, think about where you need to go. And your journey is different than everybody else's journey. And that's what's going to help you push forward. And then think about a plan, basically. Break that down into small pieces. Okay, one step at a time. I'm going to make sure I'm going to ace my day one. I'm going to make sure I'm going to ace my week one. I'm going to make sure I'm going to ace my first month and that's what helps you it's like when you look at it there's a larger picture it ever helps break it down into tiny different pieces
1: I love that and even for this podcast I I was having imposter syndrome I was like who am I to reach out to Ashna but then I was like but then I was like wait let's flip that you're just someone that's curious about her journey and you want to ask Mm -hmm. her questions yeah and and if you just make that flip and also something else I mentioned that is, is very key uh, if you make a plan, right, if you make a plan of the steps that you need to take of the research, right, because that gives you more confidence and you start to see, oh, wait a minute, it's not as bad as I thought. Like, if I just follow these steps, I can do this. right?
0: Because I think what happens is we have this fear, a fear of fail- failure, I, I would say. It's like fear of failure because if we win something that we know what to do, if we fail or, or at something, then this the, the, the fear is the constantly hanging over our head. And I think sometimes that's brings a lot of self-doubt and, and that imposter syndrome. A lot of those things kick in because our mind is, I don't know what I would do. And, and we constantly want to kind of have it in this stage of, I want to know exactly, I want to be in control of things, kind of. And when we have a fear of a failure, it's also the area where we're killed. We don't know what could happen. And that's why the example that you gave me, you you had that imposter syndrome. or you to reach out to me. And for me, you'll never know. Maybe I was sitting here and be like, who am I to go on a podcast and say something like this? So you'll never know because we're just so into, we're not thinking, we're thinking from a situation that you're in, but we're not thinking outside of it. And so mm-hmm. if you think about, like you said, then you had a time to be like, no, I'm just curious about her journey. I've got a plan. I want to talk to her. And for me, it's I'm curious to share about my journey because I know like some other people can benefit from that. And it's a win on both sides. So I think that's what it is. It's like we, we tend to, assume so much and that's what I'd say assumptions never helps Mm -hmm. and I think we have to take ourselves outside of it and then think about it to to that and a lot of time it's just nothing to be honest like imposter syndrome is like a lot of it's nothing but it Mm -hmm. happens and we have to go through it
1: now speaking of failure do you have I call it the the favorite failure do you have a a favorite failure of yours that uh, taught you a very important lesson that you still carry to this day
0: I remember this was like not even my current company. I think it was a previous company. And, and like I said, I was working for a manufacturing firm. But just the scenario that comes to my mind, obviously I don't have a particular thing that really comes to my mind. The, the scenario just popped in. So I'm going to share with you about this. And it's, I had
1: misplaced
0: um, an order, a larger order that I needed to and executed a shipping that was supposed to go to, that was supposed to take two days, which ended up, going to take five days or something like just to summarize the whole situation here a little bit and it's I had done every but I think back then I realized as I reflected on that situation and as I there's a few things that I've reflected how I handle the situation and what I could have done differently to avoid that in the future But I always that's always been something like when you have a situation at hand think about short-term and long-term fix okay what do I need to I'm going to reflect and what do I need to do th- this right now and also like how else I can fix this tomorrow so that it doesn't happen again. So I think I wouldn't necessarily say it was like the biggest failure, but what I did like that my instant, my values and my, like the, the, how ethical person I am really kicked in. And I was, you know, one of those person like I stepped up and I was like, hey, I made a mistake. I'm ready to take on whatever charges that, when I say charges, like whatever consequences are of this situation. Because I'm someone that I, I don't usually make mistakes because I'm always constantly revaluating, valuing in that constant kind of situations, and so that kind of something that I reflected of myself like I was ready to to take like I was I took responsibility for that, but also what I learned is that it's like patience it needs to be there. Like I was comfortable, so comfortable in a situation that that made me commit a mistake that now it's it was. We were able to fix it, but it then required a lot of more hours and more time, energy, money, all of that. So it's there. I think that made me realize is that you, it's, you know how they say you want to double check, triple check, five, five times checks, you know, anything. And I used to do that already, but it's like, never be so comfortable in a situation. And I know this may sound a little weird, but I think that's, that was the lesson that I learned. It's like, when you start to become so comfortable immediately. It's like you want to have this instant trigger that I get based on that situation that happened. It's that, okay, I'm getting comfortable. I want to make sure what I'm doing, when triple checking, four-time checking, because what we don't realize is that one, like your one, what the actions that you take can have impact on other people's and other people's lives. And it's about people at the end of the day. So it's a story. It's basically, it's just a story that I told you, but it made me just... It kind of like really helped me reiterate some of my values that I've had. Like I may help me understand my own values. Okay, I do take responsibilities. I'm accountable. I'm always going to do this. But also at the same time, it helped me understand. I want to make sure that I am doing this right because I think about other people. Because it's every action that I take does impact other people. Whether it's today, personal life, professional life, whatever that may be. So you have to think about that. You have to think, you have to put yourself in customer suits. And when I say customers, like you have to put on someone else's shoes to think about it. So I guess that's that kind of experience that comes to my mind. It's not that I wasn't like that before. It was maybe intentionally I was. But that moment and that experience really made me think about it and made me realize that, okay, that's important that you think about it. You don't want to get too comfortable that you miss out on how your actions are impacting
1: others. Part. I love that, that you mentioned that it's in those moments of challenge and failure that our values are tested, right? Mm-hmm. Because anybody can say I have a growth mindset, I take accountability, but right in in the tough moments, that's where you get measured, right? And yeah, which yeah. is great that you were able to okay reflect, have the growth mindset, t- take responsibility, and be accountable, right, for, for those results. Right, so I think yeah. it's very important, right? To keep that in mind. Yeah.
0: And I then I think one more thing I would also say, it's like, it's also okay if what values you're saying are not getting reflected in those moments, because I want to make sure like people, because also that was also the time when I realized that I do get scared of situations sometimes. if I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, it's, it, that happens. It's, but then it also helps you kind of understand or say, if my values that I'm saying doesn't reflect my actions, then there's changes I need to adopt in my life or changes I need to adopt in the things that I do that can help me with those values that I'm seeing that that there are. So it's a win situation when you are getting to, it's just how you interpret that whole situation and what lessons you learn from it. That's what matters.
1: Exactly. Now, Asha, we all have mentors and role models that inspires us. And I wanted to ask you if you have a mentor or perhaps a story of someone that has made a profound impact in your career?
0: Yeah, I. it's hard to just say one person, to be honest, because it's, no, it's true because I'm a person, like I said, I earlier I said, growth mindset persons. I'm always looking for ways to grow. And I'm also a person that has taken every opportunity, every meeting, any situation, I can try to find the positive, the learning opportunity out of that. But just to give an A, I will say one person because I wanted to give this Jan Young. She is, she's a, she's at the Success League. I believe that she is a principal consultant and she has been phenomenal. I met her almost three years ago and there's many, many more. That's mm-hmm. why we're just giving one name, but she's been my go-to person for many things. And it wasn't kind of like she's helped me with just one, one thing or a worse situation. It's just her constant, I see her and I see her working so hard and that itself is an inspiration to me. So she doesn't even have to say anything and just like seeing and observing her it becomes so valuable to me. So that's that's one person that has been impacting me.
1: That that's so important that I mentioned that because a lot of people say, How do I get a mentor? Where do I find a mentor? And if you pay attention, mentors are everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. people that share their thought leadership on not necessarily on LinkedIn, but it could be in a book or it could be on any platform, right? Mm-hmm. And if you just pay attention, right? If you just follow what they're saying, maybe get curious and reach out to them and ask them a question. Yeah, I, I agree with you, right? Mentors are everywhere if you are intentional about it. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. I think that's the main piece. I am big believer. Seek out to seek mentorship or find a coach for a situation. But think about when you're it's almost like when you're working with your customer, you don't just go to your customers and just be like, okay, use this product or use that product. No, you have to tell them what's in it for them. So it's like when you seek out, it's do your research, do your due diligence. And if you're seeking out to a specific person for you to, for them to be your mentor, then tell them like, what is it that about their journey or their whatever that inspired you, mm-hmm. which you want to have it reflected. And it's a mutual relationship. Is it going to work? Is it really going to help you? And I think that's what's important. But I am a big believer of find your co- like find coaches, find mentors, because that will help you. It doesn't have to be a long life relationship. It can't be, but also it could be situational based too. And also in other times, open your eyes. There's abundance of resource around you, all around you yes. that you can learn from.
1: Now, on on the flip side, is there a mentee or someone that that you coach recently that? You saw a big change in them because of a mentorship, because of your coaching.
0: Recently I did co- I did coaching through a woman in customer success mentorship, actually. And I coached someone. The person that I coached, we had a there was a three-month cohort. And at the end of the third month, we sat down, we got we were kind of giving each other feedback. And it's this is also and this is also why feedback is so important. And rather than assuming something like asking, that's so important because I just I shared my feedback and then that person shared their feedback. And then just sitting there realizing it's like what and I've made a difference. Like I it it was the impact was so visible in everything that they we were sharing. And it was genuine. And that made me realize of everything that I shared during those coaching sessions or mentorship sessions is I am so authentic and I, I get into really trying to help you with under help you understand why you're asking what you're asking get deep down into those situations but also help you like find resources on your own so I think that that's the biggest thing about coaching and is that you don't just hand them something guide them to something mm-hmm. and, and that's why coaching is really important so the person I think that's the person that comes out of it that the impact was we started a journey just like helping them understand a little bit more of what career opportunities that they can have in the future um, and I just like to dive deeper into it and by, by the end of three months she was like I have pages of notes that I took and all this fits in like small little things um, that I, I can it's going to help me make an impact and I'm already starting to implement some of those things and it, it's I can already see those situations so it's and 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 this is kind of the feedback I always get with every like mentor or mentee I have or like the coaches I have. It's just um it's it's not just about I have this goal and you help me achieve it. It's along the it's about the journey, along the ways. They get so much else um from me, it's small little things that they get. So that's been a, it's always good to see those beautiful smiles and good feedback, I would say.
1: Yeah, that's why you do what you do, right? To make that impact on people. Now, if if someone were to looking to break into customer success start their cs journey or perhaps advance in their career what what advice would you have for them
0: good question i think one of the thing i would say cuz i myself have grown quite a bit in, from sdr to csm to enterprise mm. team lead and to managing team and i think one of the things is biggest thing is lead by example it's mm. if you know what you want first actually understand your why so it's why do you want to be in customer success why do you mm. want to are you ready to grow? Why do you want to grow? Whether it's, it's going from CSM to senior CSM or enterprise CSM or Strats M or even getting into leadership role, whatever, like what's your why? Does it really match your, don't always say, it's, does it really match like what you're trying to achieve? Is it, and I think it's, you have to realize like it has to be more than just the money. And I'm, I'm going to be totally blunt about it because yeah. Money can make you happy for a short period of time. But if you're not truly happy, you're not doing it for the right reasons, it's not going to make you happy for a long period of time. And I think, so it's have a growth mindset. Learn about the role that you want to learn all about that role. And for that network, I think that's the biggest gift that you can give yourself to advance your career. It's to network. There's, especially in customer success, I can tell you there's so many people out there that are hope, happy to jump on a 30-minute calls with you. And help you just share about their kind of this what I do in my day to day. And and every company is different, every industry is different. Mm-hmm. Network. Understand your niche, understand your why work, and then and then realize, understand where you have gaps in your skills that you can work on. And then going back to how I said earlier, there's abundance of resources around you. Learn and, and have a growth open mindset and go for it. So that's basically what I would say, but rely on your network especially for someone that is in an organization looking to move up or laterally or just move around in their roles. They're at the benefit because they're already in the company. They have, if you are CSM looking to be a senior CSM or enterprise CSM, go talk to your enterprise CSMs. Go have a conversation with them and talk to them. Maybe do a little lunch and warm or something and just ask them, tell me about the challenges that you face. Tell me about your day-to-day. Tell me about your biggest cities, like moment, like happy moment. Like how do you engage with your customers? What sort of communication strategies do you have? Tell them, learn about all of that. make a note of all of that. And I think that's because the more you learn, the more it's going to give you exposure to that role and then start to visualize yourself in that role because mm-hmm. that's what's going to really help you is be like, okay, if I'm in the role, I would do this. And if I'm put into the situation, what would I do? How would I do? Start living. And that's what happens is like you live by example you don't just look at the, the the situation or challenge at hand, you start to think about what do I do about this? Because, and that's when you kind of um, work through that. So that's the biggest advice is it's network. Internally, externally, there's abundance of people and resources and technology. You can network. You can really network.
1: Yeah. Especially <laughs> in this day and age, right? We live in this abundance and now it's, it's not lack of information or resources. It's more of a, lack of initiative, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have the initiative, the proactiveness of first figure yourself out, right? What kind of role customer success or it could be sales, right? And then once you kind of have an idea, then yes, reach out to people because then you'll get all that data, right? Of what's actually to be in the shoes of a customer success manager, right? What's the day to day? And what you mentioned too, right? Like, you might find out that by talking to a few enterprise CSMs that you might not want to be an enterprise CSM, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you prefer to do SMBs, right?
0: Yeah. Or whatnot. Yeah.
1: So all of that, it, it takes a lot of work.
0: It does. It does. And I, and I would also add, have an open discussion with your direct managers as well about, hey, I've, I have some sort of interests and in I've had a couple of discussions with whatever enterprise CSM or this team lead or whatever. And then take it to step further and be like, would you be okay if I shadow a couple of calls to kind of see like how they're working with customers or their leader and, and how are they like leading a team meeting or how are they executing a presentation or something? It's just what's next. Think about those next and see like, how can you educate yourself with those? And I think that's what it is. But it's it have that open mindset and open discussions and don't just like, I think it's important that you do talk to your managers or directors or whoever. Because it's like it's and, and have it part of like kind of like your growth trajectory with them. If you're going through a performance review, then think about what's next and talk to your manager. If that's not next, I want to kind of understand what my goal, like what my path is to get to that next. And and what does that look like? How can I, here's my ideas. Can I achieve this and things like that. So it's, it is achievable, but it's like you said, it's just like you have to put your mind to it around it.
1: Yes, because it takes a lot of work to, to get that momentum going, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, one, one question I want to ask you here before we, we wrap it up, and it revolves around customer success, right? This year has been a very interesting and challenging year, <laughs> to say the least, with the economy, with all the shifts happening, especially in tech. And I wanted to ask you from all your strategies and methodologies in customer success, if you have had to adapt those uh, to the current environment, right? Especially when budgets are getting tighter, CFOs are getting more involved in, in those decisions, right? And yeah, I'm just curious.
0: Yes, you can, and especially in the AI and digital world automation, it's like kind of literally lingering over our head I've I've come to I mean, this is a situation where it's not just companies or industries are adopting change, I would say And this is, I'm putting pressure on change here because this isn't change. It's a, it's like a change movement all over. You have to you have to learn to adapt. You have to learn to find ways. And I cannot stress enough about this. And I, I've made some posts about this too, and here and there commented on, on some of these things, but it's just AI and, and the change. I'm not talk about the economy right now, but like the AI and the, 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 the automation, the digital changes, they're not here to replace us. So they're not here to, they're here to make us, like help us be smarter with what we do. And I see that I've, I have looked at journeys and I've looked at, I've broken down to pieces. Okay, there are certain things that definitely you can use the AI to automize and other things. And I'm going down into the singular situation, but the way that I see it's like, it is, it's not easy to adapt. And again, I'm speaking from perspective of my experience, not just everybody else's experience here. It's not easy to adapt, but it's also not impossible. It's, you have to kind of have that strategy. At the, at the company level, is to be like, okay, how are we going to use this in what we have? And, but always it starts with people, invest in your people, mm-hmm. invest in the right type of people that'll help you invest in the right processes and how to help you build the right processes. Mm-hmm. And then that'll also, that process will help you invest in the right technology. So I think it's people, process, and then technology. And that's here to say it's, that's not going to replace or anything. I think it's just, if you adopt and if you adapt in the right way, it'll help you be it'll help you scale your business in a efficient and smart way. I think mean, that's what I see. And it's not going anywhere, unfortunately. It's here to stay. So
1: Yeah, definitely not going anywhere. And I think if you always split people first, I think you right. might end you end up winning in the end, right? Yeah. Because what does your people need right now in this moment of change that can help them thrive, right? And people know that, right? People know when you make a bet on them, and as opposed to short-term revenue or yeah, yeah, or yeah,
0: yeah. And data helps. I think data is become so important. And I always say, and if we're just talking a spectrum of customer success, mm-hmm. I have this belief, and I always talk about it, it's like CS customer success equals data plus feelings. It does. it's it requires data by itself is not everything. Emotions and just People aspect for feelings it by itself is almost not. It's a combination of both. Like you're gonna, you have abundance of data coming to you in your businesses. Create processes and how people kind of analyzing that data, and then you bring in technology, and then you bring in this digital and AI aspect and whatever to it to help you because that data is there. Like if I can, I cannot stress. You have data coming in, and in every direction in your organization as soon as you start a business, as soon as you have your first customer, you know, you have data coming in, It's just, you just have to kind of, can you really read that data?
1: Yes, and leverage the technology to make a story out of that data.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, awesome Ashna. Um, I wanna wrap up the episode with uh, what I call a rapid fire closing, where basically I sure. ask you a question and you give me your top of mind, 30 second answer. Sure. Awesome. First question. Do you have a, a book that has had a great impact on your life?
0: I have three books, actually. Right. And, and I think it's hard. To, there's probably many more, but like some that comes to my First and foremost is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Mm. I am a huge fan of Simon Sinek and I love his books, Start With Why, not only in personal, but also but not only in, in work, but also personal life too. That has helped me impact a lot to, to dig in, to understand the why behind everything. I'm reading Atomic Habits by James Clear right now. And that is actually really it's useful. to really help you with your habits and stuff. And then last one is Huge on Emotional Intelligence. So Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman is, is also another book.
1: Those three books are some of my favorites. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Second question. What are the most, most worthwhile investments that you have made recently? And this could be a physical thing or it could be a relationship. It could be financial.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ooh, physical thing. I, probably every investment that I've made recently is probably worthwhile somehow whatnot. But what comes to my mind is I took a customer success leadership certification course last, I think it was last year and with the Success League. And that was pretty amazing because I went through a lot of what I want to do and what I would achieve. And that's, mm-hmm. that really helped me look at it just just customer success in general from starting from scratch, kind of what that looks like if you were to build something in the organization and just going through some of the workshops and exercises and stuff like that. It's just, that's been, I think, it was a very worthwhile investment, I would say.
1: That just come to my mind. I love that. Uh, we'll make sure to include that link in the yeah. show notes as well. All right. Next question. Is there a quote that you think of often?
0: Gold. Quote well, that I think of often, I don't know if this is necessarily a quote, but I have, and I don't have it here, but at my outside right now, but at my home, my computer, that I have a little sticky and I've had five different things written on it. The first thing, and I throw as many on it, but I'll tell you about two things that I have. And it's just something that helps me ground myself to, I, I read it like when I'm on meetings and it sits constantly in front of me. But the first thing that I have is focus on what you can control. Mm. And that is, I live by that. I try to live by that. I try to ground myself back to it. It's just, it's there's so many things out there right now, especially in this environment. It's just, you just don't have focus. And you don't have control over. It. So that's the one thing. It's focus on what you can control. And then the other thing that I had, something close to my mind, it's about them. So it's when you are talking to people, customers, when I'm in to meetings and team, team meetings and, in, and whatever that may be, often comes to think of as it, it's about them or what's in it for them. That you have to constantly think about that, yeah. That's two things that was to mind.
1: I I love those. I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow those from you. <laughs> Please. All right. that's the last question here. Any new habit that you are implementing or experimenting with that uh, is making an impact on you?
0: Yes, yeah, actually. I mentioned I'm reading Atomic Habits, so there's <laughs> many habits actually. But we're reading through. So Janion that I talked to you about earlier she is running a customer success office hours and it's through that we started all like many of us started reading this book and so we're all of us like helping and holding each other accountable and helping us with this but the habit is i used to do meditation i used to i any yoga and, and a lot of, i still do all of that but it's, i I've, I've lacked consistency to, to some level i would say but i enjoyed i enjoy is not the right word i think i've been like Meditation in general has been very beneficial for me in the past. So my new habit, it's kind of like a wee habit or I don't know what, what would you call it, but it's like I'm starting to meditate again. And I'm starting that by doing that early in the morning. And so that's, a, that's something that Lori just started. So it's hard to say like the actual impact that I'm going to see, but it does help me. At least even in the morning, like I jump on calls and stuff helps me ground myself and helps me with that. Yeah. Yoga is the yoga classes I take in the morning and also meditation. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I practice those as well on and off, but every time I do it, I feel more grounded and more calm. So I vouch for that. Awesome, Asha. Thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing a bit more about your personal and professional journey. I really appreciate everything that you're doing, especially paying forward to other customers who says up and coming professionals and even leaders right so thanks so much and uh, yeah we love to have you on another episode down the road to catch up but for now yeah thanks so much. I
0: love that yeah thank you so much for having me this was great it's nobody's good to just talk about or just to grow yourself and just have a little conversation about your journey so I appreciate it thank you so much for having me
1: All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for listening all the way through. I appreciate you and I hope that you got some valuable information that you can apply to your personal and professional life. If this story resonated with you and you would like to support the podcast, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.